Listen, darling. We need to have a talk. It's Oops, all necromancers. <laughs> Welcome back to the table, everyone. I am your DM, Oz, the Great and Powerful, and with me at the table are Bug. Finny, Seder Druid, professional sassy rascal child, with horns. <laughs> See? Madam L, half-elf bard, and purveyor of secrets from beyond the veil. And last but not least, Bree. Sorindal, hobgoblin wizard, cast in false life in a public bathroom. All right, let's go ahead and recap what happened last time in Helvetir. Soren signed an infernal contract agreeing to act as an informant for the Dark Lord of Mammon, Torden Vonastor, in regards to the comings and goings of Madame L. Meeting her at the Green Ferry, a rather awkward conversation was had between the two that was interrupted by the attempted robbery of a well-to-do customer by a gang of youthful rapscallions. Keyword there being attempted. A brisk brush with the iron law of Helvetir and one flamethrower-toting bartender later Matters were resolved, at least for the moment. The only rascal to stick around, Finny, got roped into tutelage under Madame L as an assistant, with Soren tagging along as a plant for future seances. Finally, a missive arrived requesting the aid of Madame L from Lord Tybalt Vanderplume in a matter of spiritual significance. A large carriage, side emblazoned with an ornate black V with a plum at its center, rolls to a stop outside the green ferry. The Lemire driver, a small grayish being that is more lump than limbs, descends the ladder from the driver's seat, top hat askew, and makes a small leap to open the carriage's door, barely hooking it in fingertips sticky with grime. This done, the Lemire meanders through the doors of the green ferry, calling out, Carriage here for a Madame L! <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think any of us are in that vicinity because this this is taking place like um, the evening probably that we received that missive. Yeah, like an hour or two later. Okay. Yeah, the post haste was quite exact in that the message was going to be delivered and then it was assumed you'd take up the job, presumably. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Okay. Then I guess I stick my head out of the bathroom <laughs> door. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, uh, just, just a moment, please. Uh, occupied, <clears throat> and then I just sort of shut the door. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you, Madam L? Looking for a Madam L here? <laughs> I believe she is. Um, upstairs. Uh, um, is Matilda still there? Yeah. No, she's running the bar, but. M- Matilda. You're uh- gonna make me talk to myself, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's what makes the most sense. I'm sorry to have done this to you. Um, Matilda? Yeah, what's, uh, what's going on, Soren? I am currently, uh, <laughs> indisposed. Could, could you go upstairs and please, uh, let Madame L know that the carriage is here? Uh, a bit busy with the guests, but, uh, hey, Finny. Yes? Go get Madame L real quick, will you? Okay, and then... Finney comes out from the table he was hiding underneath because 
that's just kind of what he does. Because <laughs> you're a nasty little freak. <laughs> you're busy trying to get rid of the gum on the underside. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very <laughs> yummy. So you claim. He's chewing it. Yum. Gross. <laughs> very Absolutely gross. Absolutely vile. Filth child. <laughs> One man's trash is another man's treasure. Very goat-like. I love trash. <laughs> um, and then, so Finny, Finny goes upstairs to get Madame L. Yes, didn't have to talk to myself. Nice. <laughs> I suppose he knocks on the door. Who is it? Uh, Madame L, uh, Matilda told me to come and get you. Oh, Finnegan, you're right on time. Come on in. Um, okay. And Finny opens the door and comes in. Now, I assume the carriage is here, so we need to get you looking prim and proper. No. I'm afraid that, is that a potato sack you're wearing? <laughs> Excuse me, it's called a kilt. Thank you very much. Well, we don't have time to, to fix that, but here, here's a capelet that I have. I think it'll be just dashing on you. And Madame L gives you a, I don't know, it's probably, I think she might have like a green capelet with like a golden trim. Yeah, sure. Ooh. One of my clients gave this to me, but I hardly ever wear it, so you can just have it. So I'm assuming since this is meant for an adult woman that this is probably quite large on me. and It's too large to be a capelet, but too short to be a cape. Nice, nice. It's a half cape. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe. Like going right around like probably just below the cheeks kind of area. <laughs> Perfect. Not the ones on your face, of course. <laughs> so yeah, it's it looks a little odd, but it looks better than, did you say a potato sack kilt? <laughs> it's. Not an actual potato sack. <laughs> it definitely draws attention away from that. Uh, Finny, I think, looks in the mirror and is like, hmm, I guess this isn't too bad. All right, very good then. Let's be on our way. And before they leave, she grabs her bag, which has her crystal ball in it. And she also grabs her ornate golden cane, which also has a... Uh, crystal sphere situated at the end of it. Ooh. Then they leave the room. So you guys descend the stairs. Soren is presumably still in the bathroom and you see a small lumpy gray creature with a top hat askew on its head and it has now taken your place under the table, Finny, and it's just sort of slowly pulling a bit of gum from the <laughs> underside of the table and goes, uh, you Madame L? Yes, that is me. Great, great. Let me finish up here, and uh, we'll get going to uh, Tybalt's place. Finny, under under his breath, mumbles, Hey, that's that's mine. You say something there, short stack? No. Yeah, thought not. <laughs> I will have plus two this evening. I hope that's okay. Yeah, plenty of room. Big carriage. Cool. Excellent. So, yeah, he grabs his gum and then goes to the restroom, starts pounding on the door, goes, You coming to what? Uh, yes, just, uh, g- give me a moment here, um. You see a grayish finger just sort of stick under the door and wiggle a bit and be like, come on, we gotta go. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> just, uh, just, just a moment. And you see me, I'm just kind of like sitting up on a sink, legs kind of dangling, and I have... Are you shitting in the sink? No, <laughs> no. Um, and I've taken sort of like my overcoat off mm-hmm. and have my sleeves rolled up and... All my cool tattoos exposed. Mm-hmm. I touch one on the inner side of my forearm, and it starts to glow a little bit, a little bit of a greenish-purple glow, and I'm going to go ahead and preemptively cast Mage Armor on myself. 
Yeah, a thin greenish-purple film sort of spreads across your skin and then seems to sink into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you feel a bit hardier. What does that do mechanically? Mage armor? Buffs your AC at 13 plus dex. Yeah. Okay. And I guess I very quickly, like, roll my sleeves back down, wash my hands, because it always feels a little grimy, and mm-hmm. uh, put my coat back on. Just kind of, like, try to straighten myself out a little bit and exit the bathroom. Mm-hmm. This small wet room. Come on out. Let's get going. Oh, absolutely. Uh, very well. Uh, I guess I... Oh, I put my gloves back on, too, uh, mm-hmm. and open the door. Ah, cool. refreshed, ready to go. Um, great, great, great. Let's get going. And he walks uh, past you, and as he walks past that uh, table near the entrance, he sort of takes the gum out of his mouth, sticks it back under there, says, saving that for later. I'm going to get that later. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes back out and does a little hop and grabs the bottom rung of his ladder up to the driver's seat mm-hmm. and uh, climbs up to the top and sits and just sort of watches you guys, waiting for you to get in the carriage. Um, uh, after you, Madam L. Why, thank you, Mr. Soren. Of course. And we proceed on into the carriage. He hops on top of the carriage and sort of meanders over to the door from above and just sort of slams it with his foot and goes, All right, let's go! And you hear this snap of reins, and you're off. Okay, cool. That is a... Very fine cape indeed, Finny. Thank you. I think I like it. It goes very well with the potato sack, if I may say so myself. If you say it enough, then it's canon and also can't be cut. <laughs> Finny looks at you, then looks at his kilt, then looks at you and says, Hmm, yeah, potato sack. <laughs> no one knows what a kilt is except for Finny. <laughs> <laughs> Only people in the Feywild wear kilts. Finny doesn't even know what the Feywild is. But you know what a kilt is. Finny's just a trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Fashion, so. A fashionista. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do we have some time to speak while we're on our way then? Yeah, you guys have to cut through uh, the markets of Mama and then the abyssal courts and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it'll be a little bit of a ride. Probably about 15 minutes or so. Um, I guess as soon as... Which does not mean you guys have to pad for 15 minutes of time, but if you've got some some talking to do on the way over there, you're good. Yeah. Uh, Like, as soon as I enter the carriage after uh, Madame L, I'm like, oh, I hope you don't mind, and I immediately draw the curtains on any windows. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That is much better. I agree. Now, I suppose we need to speak on the coming events. Yes. We need a plan. All right. Well, I have performed many an exorcism, many a seance. And would Madame L notice? Are we. Do you think the Lemire could hear us right now? Um. I don't know. The streets are pretty busy, so. Probably not. Should we roll perception checks? You could insight if you wanted to, to try and figure out this. This Lemire's vibes. I 100% yeah. would want to do that. Yeah, go ahead. Ooh, spicy. Uh, another thing is if anyone wants to, you can go ahead and give me an arcana if you want to know more about Lemures. Well, my insight is higher, so I got an eight, which is yeah, very well. good, but you know. <laughs> you can do the arcana check regardless. I'll do the arcana. I probably won't mm-hmm. do an insight. Well, my arcana was seven. <laughs> Just, just plum don't know. 
I just don't know about this guy at all. What? Weird blob? It's weird. A weird little lumpy man Mm -hmm. who looks all sorts of fucked (laughs) up. He kind of looks like gum. He does look a little like gum. Mm. They do sort of look like uh, balls of chewing gum with arms and legs. So... Excellent. And a face. <laughs> my insight was an 18, and my arcana was a 16. Uh, 18, it doesn't seem like this Lumiere particularly cares about anything going on. Mm-hmm. It most likely, what would you say your arcana was? A 16. 16. I got a 21 arcana. Hell yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, the good news is, despite Finny not knowing shit about fuck, is that you guys apparently know quite a bit about Lemures. By the way, I really love the the mushy top hat devil that mm-hmm. you've given us. Mm-hmm. Basically, they are the lowest ranking of devils. They are what souls in the river Styx end up becoming if they don't get plucked from it and turned into higher devils. Mm-hmm. So... Having them as a servant or what have you is literally like the lowest level warlock is probably going to be able to summon one and use them and they might listen in just because information is uh, always valuable. Mm-hmm. But typically a punishment for like higher devils is being demoted to a Lemire. Oh. So they're kind of stuck where they are. So your info, you should be fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I think in any case, Madame Owl would kind of lean in and, and gather the two of you together. Well, I have performed many an exorcism and many a seance, and we have very little to worry about. Most of the time, when a nobleman is complaining of a poltergeist, it is nothing more than a child playing pranks or perhaps a disgruntled servant. But the service that we are providing is one that is absolutely necessary nonetheless. The fear is real. The fear that these clients face is real, and it interferes with their daily lives, their daily business. So we provide the service of assuaging their fears. Does that make sense? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Uh, Madam, while I don't want to say that it is necessarily... Uh, a poltergeist or a ghost or another undead, I believe it is worth entertaining that possibility. Were you given any further details? Mr. Soren, this isn't Nithraxel, where there is a specter under every floorboard or a bat in every belfry. This is Helvetir. Any spirit that is powerful enough to manifest has probably been subjugated long ago. Just to indulge my own... Curiosity, of course, madam. That said, he did provide some information. Uh, And what was that information, Oz? The kids have been scared, as has the help. Things have been where they shouldn't be. Fires have lit themselves in the study. Mm -hmm. And Lord Tybalt says he has seen someone else in the mirror when gazing upon his own reflection. Or thinks he has. You'll probably have a chance to learn more once you guys get there. Uh, thank you very much, Madam L. I just, uh, I like to be as aware of situations I am entering as possible. I just, thank you for in- indulging me, Madam. I would expect no less. So we're, like, going to this fancy guy's house? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Can I roll a history check for the Vanderplumes and Tybalt Vanderplume? Yeah, sure. Damn. 
I have a proficiency in history. Um, yeah, of course you do. Fucking bards <laughs> and all their proficiencies. Yum, yum, yum. 21. Gee whiz. Um, well, <laughs> here's the part everything. where you learned that I hoped you rolled low, because I don't have a history for the Vanderflume family, really. But that's our little secret. So, Lord Tybalt Vanderflume, he's not super high-ranking. I think maybe you have met him through some general hobnobbery, but he's not really high-ranking within the Duke of Industries employ. He's just sort of a guy. Like other nobles, he was basically born into money, did some conscriptual military service, and has just basically had an office job. Okay. You know that he's a halfling, and that he actually did serve in combat with Nothraxil. Other than that, he's just a dude. He's your standard noble. Yeah, I suppose I would relate all of that information. Finnegan, do you have any questions about how you should behave in the presence of a lord? Well, like, what do you even want me to do? <laughs> you got a sheet of foil that Finnegan can wiggle or something to make scary <laughs> That is yet to be decided, I suppose. You are playing the part of yourself, an orphan off the streets, who I have noticed has... Hey, I have a mom. <laughs> Not tonight you don't. What? What? <laughs> I've taken your mom's You fucking Disneyed this kid. What the fuck? <laughs> you can't just take my mom. It's all acting, Finnegan. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the background, you hear the driver just sort of cursing at passerby. <laughs> uh, just sort of block. <laughs> Sounds like an infernal. Infernal is extremely wet. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> that's, that's devilish now. tongues for you. <laughs> you are playing the role of an orphan off the streets who I have noticed has a particular penchant for spiritualism. Hmm. Okay. You just have to sit there and be pretty. <laughs> look look cute. Am I pretty? Yes. And and Finnegan takes a lock of his curly black hair and, and coils it in his finger and twirls it around. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, cool. So at about this point, you guys have already passed through um, the Abyssin's court, passed the spire of the Abyssin. You have passed into the noble district of the Grand Factories. And you notice that the carriage is slowing down a little bit, and finally it stops. You hear just sort of the driver mumbling to himself, just drive all day, get my way. Uh, and then you hear a wet sort of slapping noise against the door. And, like, you know something wet slapping against something and then sliding like a glass or whatever. Mm -hmm. You hear that about two or three times, and you hear it, <laughs> God damn it. And... Finally, the door opens, and the Lemire, you just see his toes sort of hanging below the edge of the door, and he drops to the ground and goes, So, uh, we're here. So, you know, get out. You guys are standing in front of the wrought iron gates in front of the Vanderplume Estate, which is a two-story mansion is too strong of a word. It's mm -hmm. not that large, but a decently sized, like, two-story house. On top of the left pillar of the gates, there's just sort of a a small little imp, and he mm -hmm. looks down and goes, You, uh, you Madame L? Yes, that's me. Great, let me get these open for you. And he flies down and just sort of undoes the lock on the gates and opens them up for you. 
just start. Go on up to the front door there. All right, and we do. Mm-hmm. The gates are swung shut behind you. It seems like he just sort of is flapping pretty hard to haul them back into place. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear the lock click again, and you guys are at the front door. What does the manor look like? So like a, a sort of two-story stone manor, we'll say pillars. Pillars sound right. Mm-hmm. Uh, tall oaken <laughs> doors with sort of ornate stained glass. Other than that, there's, you know, like a small garden to the side. All right. Well, we either knock or ring a bell, whatever is mm. available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You knock on the door, and the door is opened by a about seven and a half foot tall Goliath wearing oh, no. a sort of disheveled suit. He looks like he probably hasn't slept in about two days. Eyes are quite sunken. His suit is buttoned up, but it's that whole one button off kind of deal, so it's quite disheveled, and he goes, Uh, I assume you are Madame L? Yes, that is correct. We are here at the request of your master. Of course. Uh, Come in, please wait in the foyer, and I will fetch the master for you. Very good. He opens the door, lets you guys come in, and from the main entrance to the direct left is the coat closet. Directly ahead, there is a halfling-sized suit of filigreed armor with its palms facing hand up, holding a great sword across them, and behind it is a plaque emblazoned with that ornate V with a plum. You know how some places have those sort of curving staircases where it's dual staircases that have a landing? Oh, and then ascends yeah. with a single staircase Love up to the shit. second floor. Mm-hmm. It's that. Oh, yeah. Delicious. Oh. May I take your coat, madam? Ah, uh, yes, of course. And yours, sir? Oh, uh, do not trouble yourself. I, w- I will hang it uh, m- myself. If you could direct me to your uh, uh, coat room. Right over here. Uh, understood. Thank-, thank you very much. Yeah, I just I go cool. over there and yeah. hang up the coat. There's a couple other coats in there, uh, you know. As the Goliath is hanging up the coats, he turns to you and, uh, my name is Duncan, if it pleases you, sir. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Duncan. Um, uh, my name is Soren. I'm just here to assist Madame L in a small capacity. For a situation such as this, she is taking it extremely seriously and wanted to make sure, um, all hands were on deck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's more information than he asked for. He's just introducing himself. Oh, well. (laughs) You're fine. He just goes, and the small one, should I also take its cape? Is it a tiefling or a a pet? Um, uh, Finny is a... Servant as does well. Ape, does Finny hear this from the other room? You definitely hear it kind of muffled. You probably hear words <laughs> the word small one, uh, pet and tiefling, and can kind of put two and two together. Um Finny <laughs> is uh um uh well a I protege. Uh, yes, thank you. Um a, a protege of <laughs> Madame, Madame Elle yells from the other room. <laughs> 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 Uh, of Madame L's and um, is currently uh, studying under her. Their name is Finny, as far as their nature. Um, I thought it rude to ask. Once again, he just sort of gives you a thousand yards there and goes, okay, and walks out <laughs> and goes, uh, Pleasure to meet you. And he 
turns to you, Finny, and just sort of looks down, and he goes, May I take your coat, protege? Uh, no thank you. This was a present from Madame L, and I must keep it on, because it protects me from ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and he once again just sort of looks up at the door, a thousand yards staring, and goes, Okay. <laughs> and turns and goes to ascend the left-hand staircase, taking the stairs three at a time because everything's built for halflings and not mm-hmm. a Goliath. Mm-hmm. You see on the upper right-hand side, there is a very small halfling child gripping the columns of the banister and just sort of staring down at you guys with big, wide eyes. Oh, uh, can I wave at them? Uh-huh. Uh, I give them a smile and a wave. He looks at you for a second, and then he waves, mm-hmm. and then he goes back to just sitting and staring at you guys. Okay. He definitely has the look of maybe a little tired, maybe a little wigged out, you know, definitely sort of been living on edge recently mm-hmm. with the whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. Well, Finny, upon seeing another child, just yells, Hi! Hi! What's your name? I imagine it echoes. Uh huh. <laughs> and he looks at you and goes, "So are you a tiefling or something?" Ah! Uh, why does everybody ask me? I mean, well, the horns and the hooves and, you know. Yeah, sure. I'm a tiefling. We'll say that. I don't know. Yeah. You're weird. Where's your red skin? Well, what are you? Huh? You're short. I I'm a I'm a little boy. Now Finnegan, (laughs) remember your manners when talking to the Lord's children. Yes, madam. And also, remember to speak in turn. What does that even mean? Speak when spoken to when we address the Lord. Ah, so many rules. Shortly thereafter, um, Duncan comes back from the upper left-hand side, and behind him in a fairly elegant suit is presumably Lord Tybalt. He is a stout halfling with brown locks of hair that's sort of graying at the temples, and he descends the stairs one at a time because he is a halfling, and these are halfling stairs. He sort of huffs and puffs once he gets down to the uh, end of this dual staircase and goes, Madame L, I presume? Yes, that is I. How many times can I ask you if you're Madame L? We'll find out. (laughs) He turns and looks up at at, uh, the small child who's sitting there and goes, Baldric, come down here, please, won't you? And Baldric sort of, he pulls his legs in from the railing and toddles down the steps and stands by his dad. Tybalt turns to you, Madame L, and goes, Great, so I presume you got my letter as you are here, and you took my carriage, so you're here. And you see that his eyes are fairly sunken too, and it looks like he's been sleeping very poorly. And he goes, So... How do we go about this? Do we perform some sort of seance or try and talk to the dead? Or what information do you need from me to bring peace to my household? Well, first off, let me thank you for having us in your lovely home. It's a shame that we have to meet under such dreadful circumstances. I agree. I'd like to introduce you to my friend, uh, Mr. Soren. A uh, uh, pleasure to make your acquaintance, my lord. He nods at you slightly. Mr. Soren is an old friend of mine, or rather an acquaintance. He has an interest in the spiritual, 
and will be sitting in on today's session, but that will be to our advantage. And this is my young protege, Finnegan. Hi! Oh, wait, speak when spoken to. So Sorry, I'm sorry. And he smiles a little bit and says, Nice to meet you, young Finnegan. Don't mind his manners. He is, how do I say, he grew up on the streets and... And I've noticed his abilities in the spiritual, so I have taken him under my wing. And his presence will also certainly be to our advantage. Tybalt goes, oh, I know how young ones are. And he ruffles his son's hair. He just sort of like tries to push his hand away and dad kind of thing. (laughs) I think Finney feels Wallace trying to come out of his pocket because Wallace believes that he needs to get introduced to... And Finny just keeps kind of like <laughs> hitting his side. And he's like. <clears throat> <laughs> Lord Tibble, ever the gentleman, does not acknowledge it. But Duncan just sort of looks down and goes, okay. <laughs> does Duncan seem like he's like fucked up? Or does Duncan, Duncan just not Duncan seems like shit? he's about two hours of still being awake into a uh, hallucination town. No. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, it seems like Duncan's running on uh, nothing. Oh, damn. Okay. He's been having a hell of a time. Let me tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Poor Duncan. Well, we ought to proceed right away. Do you need anything in particular? I mean, there's a table and set of chairs in the study if you need a place to set up for the seance. or That would be splendid. If you might have the help set up a table in the study, yes. We are going to need to assemble your family and your most trusted servants. I would like to question yourself and your children. Children tend to have a a useful perspective when it comes to spiritualist matters. He turns and looks up at Duncan and goes, Duncan, be a dear and fetch Brynhild and Bartholomew, would you? And Duncan goes, okay. And ascends the stairs and goes off to the right-hand side. <laughs> good, good. Um, well, if you will join me in the study and... Ah, here comes Duncan now. And you see that he is carrying on each shoulder oh. a small child. Oh. <laughs> one, a small halfling girl with curly brown locks and sort of the whole Shirley Temple pigtails kind of deal. And the other is what seems to be a older halfling boy. You guess he's probably close to being a teenager mm-hmm. who's crossing his arms and frowning <laughs> as if he's not enjoying it. But you can see a certain something behind his eyes like, yes, this is good. Yes, I'm tall now. <laughs> Tibble goes, oh, that Duncan. Worth ten servants and just the one. As tall as ten servants, too. And he sort of winks at you, and it's a joke that it seems like he was making a joke, but you're not really sure. I laugh anyway. (laughs) His eyes crinkle a little bit. He's like, hmm, yes, good. (laughs) Yes, I'm funny. (laughs) So you guys enter the study, which, as has been said before, has a round table set up. There are only four chairs at the table, but there are two armchairs at the far end of the room by the fireplace. And mounted above the fireplace is a stuffed head of something that looks like 
a shark, maybe? You maybe know or think that it's a shark, but Is you're kind of... Is it a con- bolette? Yes. <gasps> yes, Yay! it's a bolette. <laughs> and then the right-hand side of the room, which is, like, towards the front of the house, is full of windows. And then the backhand side is all bookshelves with various books and what have you and baubles and trinkets. Madam L, if you would like to go ahead and set up, uh, Duncan will assist you with anything you need. Would anyone like some drinks? Finny looks up at Madam L, like, asking permission to get a fancy drink. <laughs> oh, yes, I am quite famished. And for you, young one? Uh, I, I don't know what fancy drinks are, so, like, I don't know. Something yummy, I guess. You'll notice that I said just drinks, um, but sure. <laughs> drinks can be yummy. They also, it, it was more pointing at the fancy thing, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, Master Sorn, perhaps a, a fine scotch? Oh, uh, I genuinely appreciate the offer, um, but just uh, water or tea will be fine. Right. Duncan, you heard them. And Duncan does a deep bow and leaves the room. You see him just sort of duck after going out this door that is like a foot and a half shorter than him. Seems like this is not the ideal place for him, but also he must be getting paid fairly well. Ooh, can I scope out this study, by the by? Yes, you can. We'll say perception. Okay. Uh, perception, if that's a seven... You guys can give it to me as well. A 14. 17. Nice, nice, nice. So maybe Finny just sort of did more roaming around and poking at books and things like you probably shouldn't be doing, but you don't know any better. (laughs) Basically just the entire back wall is lined with bookshelves. Some of the titles that you pick up Finny include... Contracts and You, How to Keep Your Soul, and Asmodeus's Temptations. And Madam L, you see that there's a book on the wall labeled Fancy Lass's Primer on Infernal. <laughs> Other than that, there is the mounted bullet head over the fireplace, and two large armchairs sit facing towards the fire. One has a side table, upon which is a rocks glass and a bottle of some sort of high-end scotch and a small cigar box, stuff like that. Looks like that's Tybalt's lounging area. Tybalt's uh, just then... getting fucking blasted and seeing things. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then facing towards the street are four large windows, uh, basically just within a row. And there is a decent-sized writing desk that seems to have various ledgers on it and drawers, and there is a piece of parchment on the desk which has you know inkwell and quill and stuff yeah that's basically the room well i think madame l she has a bag with her crystal ball in it and she will Mm -hmm. probably get that out and set it on the table and she'll request that a servant bring her like a candelabra something for the mood lighting and he goes i will ask duncan whenever he returns you kind of catch a drift that maybe Duncan is the only servant left. Or maybe he's the only <laughs> servant who's been here. Who knows? Okay. Soren has so many questions, but, like, I can't ask because it's that's not the role I'm playing right now. Like, he wants to get up and mm-hmm. fucking poke around at everything. Oh, Finny is mm-hmm. definitely 
being very nosy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finny is just like, kind of like, you know when you grab the corner of a book and like kind of like half take it out of the shelf and then you just like put it back in? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is Finny he- checking for a secret door? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've heard... The other kids and Finney's talking to Wallace, but to everyone else, it just looks like Finney is talking to like <laughs> his shoulder because mm-hmm. I assume Wallace is underneath my capelet, like on mm-hmm. my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've heard the other kids say things that rich people have secret doors and they're connected <laughs> to the books, but I don't see anything here. What do you think? And the oldest halfling child sort of meanders over to you and goes, You are looking for. Look, why do I also give him a Jersey accent? This is a proper boy. You looking for some sort of hidden door or something? Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to have that, right? You're rich. Yeah, no, Dad doesn't have that one. I've I've checked. Well, I've checked all the books about three feet up. I can't reach any higher, so. Well, I can reach a little bit higher, so, like, maybe maybe there is one. No, I kind of doubt it, but, you know. Finny starts checking anyways. Okay, well, the the garden's right behind this, so. Well, maybe there's a tunnel under the garden. Have you ever thought of that? And he pauses for a second and sort of taps his chin with his forefinger and looks sort of inquisitive and goes, You know, no, no, I haven't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is an odd amount of thickness to the wall, and he goes to the opposite end and also starts pulling books. Tybalt looks at them while they're doing this and then sort of back to you, Madame Ellen, goes, kids, huh? Oh, yes, kids. And uh, the youngest one, whose name you know is Baldrick, just sort of, he stands where he is and just keeps staring directly forward. Is Baldrick (laughs) anywhere near me? Because I want, like, I'm not, like, hiding, but I want to have a conversation with him without drawing attention to myself. You can just sort of... Adam, if you want. I don't think that Tybalt's going to really care. He's busy um, pouring himself a second glass of scotch at this point. Oh, okay. If he's not paying attention. Uh, nope. He's can I... down in scotch like there's no tomorrow. Oh, golly. <laughs> uh, then could I sort of, like, gesture him over? Mm-hmm. He stares off in the distance for a second, and then you see him sort of snap to looking at you, and uh, he comes over. <laughs> Fuck, I know that look. Shit. You seem very, uh, very troubled, young master. Yeah, a little bit. Has this, um, unpleasantness your family has been experiencing uh, troubling you? Well, yeah, the the gray man's standing right over there, and he won't play catch with me. What? He usually plays catch with me. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, the, um, the gray man? I, uh... Yeah, the gray man. Could you uh, uh, show me where the gray man is? Well, right now he's standing right over there behind Daddy. Uh, does he gesture? Uh huh. He points. Okay, I to a space right behind Tybalt. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anything. <laughs> nope. Um. Fucking creepy ass children! <laughs> I swear uh, to God. Uh. Oh. Okay. Uh. Um. Baldrick. Now it looks like the gray man. Uh might be um a little shy i i can't see him does uh does the gray man have a name no he doesn't talk <laughs> we just play catch sometimes <laughs> uh does the um 
Grey Man do anything else around the house? Well, not that I've seen. He just shows up sometimes and then we play catch. I see. Uh, Madam L? <laughs> so, can I... Is this enough information for me to roll a knowledge, or... That would be Arcana. Arcana? Well, I got a 17, so my... Mm -hmm. Arcana is a... 22. Tall gray figure shows up in mirrors. Uh, this young child can see it without a mirror. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what could it be? I know what it is, but I have to make sure that Soren knows what it is. It sounds like maybe... You've heard of this thing called a skulk? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's a skulk. Okay. Um, uh, ma Madam L? I think Madam mm -hmm. L would have set up and kind of begun informally interviewing Lord Tybalt while Soren was talking to the child. Yeah, he would have sat down at the table with his second yeah. glass. Well, Lord Tybalt, is there anything else that you would like to tell me? I read your letter, and it, it was quite detailed, but is there any other details that you may have left out? Well, um, about a, a month ago, uh, my wife, Lavinia, disappeared in the night. I've, I've no clue what happened. Uh, the, the gods investigated and could not find any trace of her. Go ahead and give me an insight check. Eleven. And uh, he goes, and I've, if that was uh, about a month ago, and um, she disappeared, and then uh, I've come in before to a fire in the study when Duncan hadn't set a fire and and then once three weeks ago uh, I came in and one of my books was was floating and on fire a little bit it was smoldering and uh, the children say they've seen some sort of gray figure and I swear one night whenever I was preparing for bed you know putting on my 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 nightly wear. I swear I saw something tall and gray standing behind me, and it it couldn't have been Duncan because it it wasn't as tall, but it was taller than I am, and it just had these piercing eyes. But whenever I turned around, there was nothing there, and then I looked in the mirror again, and it was gone. And I just I don't understand what is going on, and I want this specter gone. And he goes, "Where are my manners? Of course, uh, we did not talk terms of payment. Here is." 50 gold for now, and he puts 50 gold on the table in a, a small sack. And once this all is said and done, a week from now, I will send 50 more gold to you as for completion of payment once I am assured that whatever is haunting my house is gone. Is this agreeable? Yes, of course, my lord. Many, many thanks. Right. You said this began after your wife's disappearance? Shortly thereafter, yes. And the book that had caught fire, can you tell me what book that was? Yes, uh, let me see if I recall. Um, and he stops to think for a second, and you can see that his hand's shaking a little bit. Um, I believe it was my copy of Contracts and You, How to Keep Your Soul. <laughs> I I've no idea what that could be. That's just a, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek title, I think. Um... And he just sort of looks back and forth, and he's just like, you know, just to make sure your uh, a contract is fair for you. Of course, my lord. This is all pretty proper for help here, is that correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. Contracts in you is like your base primer on 
contracts of any and all kinds, especially because not only do they do the whole infernal contract things for making deals with demons, devils, and what have you, Mm -hmm. but just in general, a lot of things are lined out in contracts, whether that's a work contract or an agreement for a job or whatever. Basic knowledge, if you're going to get anywhere within Helveteer, you want to know your way around a contract to make sure you're not getting completely fucked over by fine print. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, at, I'm assuming this conversation is taking place simultaneously, the one I'm having with It Baldrick. is at the table. Uh, you kind of hear it halfway while you're talking with uh, Baldrick. Okay. Because after a certain point, I'm absolutely gonna need to talk to madam l mm-hmm. real quick i would say at about this point yeah. you'd finish your conversation and are hurriedly saying madam l uh madam madam l uh uh i like stand up extremely quickly mm-hmm. i probably bang my knee on the table mm-hmm. um may I, I i do hate to interrupt may i uh speak with you in private for a moment Finny may join as well if they like is this acceptable my lord tybalt of course of course have whatever conversations you need to have. I'm going to go check on Duncan. He's been awfully long with that tea, and he leaves the study. Finny comes over to talk okay. with you guys. Uh, Madam L, we have a problem. I know you were uh, hesitant to believe that uh, this was anything more than some unruly children, but there is something far more sinister and far more dangerous occupying this house than you were led to believe. So with that, uh, what did I get? A 21 or 22 on Arcana? 22, yeah. 22. What all does that tell Soren about? Like, what all do I know about Skulks? Because I know about Skulks, but what does Soren know about Skulks? Yes, what all do you remember from uh, your studies in Nithraxil school? Mm Mm-hmm. That's going to be our spinoff. Nithraxil school. (laughs) It's just that fucking Scooby-Doo episode. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, ghoul School? Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> yes. is. And it was a made-for-TV movie, thank you. Oh, sorry. There was a second one where they raced against Dracula. It's wild. <laughs> um, so you know that Skulks are typically summoned mm-hmm. um, from the Plane of Shadow. They are given a portion of the summoner's identity mm-hmm. and are bound to obey the summoner's commands. They're invisible. They're always invisible. You can see them in reflections, and children aged 10 and under can see through this invisibility. Uh, You also know that they can understand languages, but they can't speak. If they are visible, someone who is able to get a good look at their face would be able to deduce who summoned it based on what they look like, Mm -hmm. because skulks have a vague likeness to whoever summoned it. Mm-hmm. They are typically quite violent and can't return to the Plane of Shadow until they die. Mm-hmm. So the fact that all these people are still alive after a bit of time is mm-hmm. kind of confusing. That doesn't track. Mm-hmm. And then you know that sometimes after killing a person in the Material Plane, they take up a imitation of the person's life. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird fact about Skulks. Mm-hmm. You've heard rumor of a town in Nithraxil, mm-hmm. or a small village that is populated entirely by Skulks just going about the routines of the people they killed out. That's spooky and cool. Yep. 
Then I relay the pertinent information to Madame L, um, basically like, As you can understand, this is an extremely dangerous situation, and my first question is, what is it doing here, and why is everyone here still alive? Well, hmm. I'm trying to decide if... Whether you believe me or not? Yeah, because you're like <laughs> mm-hmm. the most paranoid person I've ever met. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess it also depends on whether or not you've heard of Skulks before, you know what I mean? I think that from Helvetier schooling, you wouldn't really know a whole lot about various spooky entities. Mm-hmm. Like devils, you know. You know Lemures, you know Imps, you know Barb Devils, just basic shit like that. But the difference between a ghoul and a ghast, you're not going to know. Mm. It's all They're bad. They're the same. It's all bad and gross. Skulk is someone who creeps around. Finny looks like towards Wallace under his capelet and goes, what is this guy talking about, right? Like, Well, Mr. Sorin, I can't say that I've ever heard of a skulk, certainly not in my studies of demonology. It's not a, a demon. You wouldn't, that's not where you would find it. Um, uh, I assumed you would have some familiarity with uh, various types of creatures, um, some from the plane of shadow, some undead um, in your line of study, and you're, you've never heard of a skulk? My purview is dealing with the endless spiral. I do not deal with the shadow realm or or the fey realm. Send you directly to the shadow realm. <laughs> the skulk does attack your life points directly. To be fair. <laughs> what do we call a uh, shadow fell, by the way? The plane of shadow. Uh, I think I'm just going to go with plane of shadow. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I understand that. Um. All the kids are still in this room, right? Yes, they are. I think Finny says to the kids, Hey, guys, come here. Baldrick toddles over, and then Bartholomew walks over with a book in his hand. He was still trying at the books, and Brynhild stops jumping on the chair and just sort of runs over to you and goes, Yeah, okay. Okay, so kid to kid here, right? Like, we're all kids here. We're all cool. Like, these adults around us, kind of weird, but, like, we're cool, huh? And Brynhild turns and looks at Madame L and Soren and goes, You guys got to go over by the fire and not listen, okay? Yeah, you guys go, like, plug your ears or something. This is kid talk. It's kid talk. Then I'll stay on the other side of the room so there can be, uh, kid talk. Kid talk. Madame L grabs a glass of scotch and goes and waits by the fire. Nice. Okay, kid talk. So, you guys have a friend, right? A secret friend. And Brynhild and Baldrick nod uh, excitedly, and Bartholomew goes, never shows up to me. Okay. Just so I'll see him in the mirror sometimes. Kind of creeps me out. I can't see him either, and I think we're too old, but they can see him. And Baldrick and Brynhild continue nodding, and Brynhild says, yeah, the gray man puts on puppet shows for me sometimes out in the garden, just like Mama used to, before she disappeared. Like your mom. (laughs) Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Looks a little bit like mama, too. I don't know. It's weird. Okay. Well, um, are you, are you afraid of the gray man? No. Has the gray man ever tried to hurt, hurt you guys? No. Not really. And Bart goes, uh, well, you know, he's never, like, tried to hurt me, but he stares at me while I try and sleep, and it's kind of hard to sleep sometimes. Yeah, no, that's definitely creepy as hell. And Baldrick goes, nope, Gray Man just plays catch with me. 
Interesting. Has the Gray Man ever tried to hurt anyone here? Well, there was that one time that Duncan twipped down the stairs. But I don't know if that was the Gray Man. Hmm. Well, we're going to have to figure out what the Gray Man is. Because your dad hired us to do that. But you guys are the only ones that can see the Gray Man. Uh-huh. But you're also kids. But I'm a kid. But you guys are more kids. Like kitty kind of kids. You, you know you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're talking about how we don't have horns. No, no that's not, not what I mean. I'm like I'm like Bartholomew. Oh, you mean the hooves? We're, no, I'm old. I'm an old kid. Oh, you're a kid like a goat. Okay. No, no, like <laughs> Bartholomew. Oh, yeah, like like me. Yes, we're old kids. Yeah, but, you know, with horns and hooves. Oh, my God, yes. And no Jersey accent, which I just keep picking up. Hey, forget about it. <laughs> okay, well, they're going to try and send you away, and I know it because they try and send me away sometimes because I'm a kid. But maybe if you guys feel brave enough, and since it's never tried to hurt you before, and since it kind of looks like your mom and it might have to do something with your mom. And Baldrick goes, well, it couldn't be mama because sometimes she floats down out of the... Uh, the top bunk, and she stares at me while I'm laying in bed. I, what? Can I read their lips from where I'm at? Because I want to be doing that. I'm going to say no for Baldrick, but the other two, yes. Baldrick is facing away from you. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm clocking this. I'm just not saying anything right now. And Brynhild goes, do you think that it's the gray man who makes my dolly float around the room and talk in words I can't oh understand? Oh my god. Does, okay, when your mom shows up, don't tell anyone else I showed you guys this. Wallace, come come out. Does your mom look like this? <laughs> uh, no, that's that's scary. Is your wet sick? <laughs> no, mama just looks like mama, but she's all glowy and stuff. Oh, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> this is interesting. I'm like 20 feet away on the other side of the room, staring at Finny, completely blank-faced with my eyes, like, <laughs> starting to encompass the rest of my face. Like, hmm. Baldrick looks at you and he goes, well, and he looks at Brynhild and Bartholomew and, think, and goes, well, should we tell him about the arguments that Mama and Dada used to have? Oh, God. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Their eyes both just bug for a second, and then they look at Baldrick and just sort of shake their head a little bit, and Baldrick goes, Yeah, they used to argue in the study a lot, and then they had a real big argument, and then Mama disappeared. Children are great for exposition. I love using kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad um, Finny is here so Madam Mel doesn't have to deal with this. Well. Yeah, at this point, um. Um, I flat out, if Finny, because I can still see what Finny is saying and some of what two of the kids have said. Uh-huh. I'm probably going to leave the room, frankly, because they've been gone for a while. Mm-hmm. As you are going to leave the room, as soon as you open the door, Tibble walks in with Duncan pushing a drinks cart behind him and goes, Oh, well, thank you, Master Sorn. Uh, thank you for getting the door for us. Uh, um, of course, of course. Finny looks over at Tibble and just 
kind of goes pale and is like, oh, no, but doesn't say it out loud, but it's just mm-hmm. like kind of like very freaked out now. <laughs> and Duncan starts pouring tea. He pours a cup of tea for you, Soren, and then he pops the cap on on a small bottle that he pours into a fluted glass. It seems like some sort of fizzy cordial that he then hands to you, Finny. Then he goes to the corner of the room, crosses his arms behind his back, and stands there waiting. I just, I chug it, and then I burp. Mm-hmm. And I go, uh, oops, I do apologize. And Tybalt goes, well, that's quite all right, you weird goat hybrid. You- no, he doesn't say that, that's me. <laughs> um, he goes, mm, that is quite all right, young Master Finnegan. Now, before we get this seance started, uh, Duncan, and Duncan sort of lumbers forward, be a dare and take the children. Why don't you take them out for a bite to eat? I'm sure this seance won't take very long, but I don't think they should be in the house while it occurs. Um, protege meeting. Our protege <laughs> has a question, but it must be in private because these are these are secret trade secrets. I'm so sorry, Master Tibble. I... I I really wish I could let you in on these secrets, but they're... Oh, no problem. <laughs> I have to help Duncan with uh, getting the kids' coats and shoes on. Wonderful, so. wonderful. Um, if, if, if Madame Elle, if you can come leave. over here, Soren, you can come too. Uh, we just need to be in private. Of course, of course. Uh, we must keep trade secrets secret. Mm-hmm. Or else anyone could be a spiritualist, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like Madame L is slowly turning pretty bright scarlet after... Finny says that. <laughs> well, she also has her glass of scotch in her hand, so you can't really tell. Mm-hmm. So Finny kind of like huddles them all into a circle and goes, That man is a murderer! Why would you say such a thing, Finnegan? The kids! The, the, okay, 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 okay. He killed their mom. He killed their mom. The kids, they, they said that. Their mom, they got in fights and arguments all the time, and then they got into one big argument, and that's when, that's when she disappeared. And the kids say that they can see her, her floating above them and, and talking and, and being spooky and shit. Language, Finny. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a good boy. Um, to be fair, uh, uh, I was, um... Eavesdropping, in a sense, Finny, and I caught the gist of Hey, kid talk! Yes, but also, this is something that is putting everyone present in this house in danger. So I think in that situation, a small breach of privacy is permissible. I also would note, Madame L, I am aware you were suspicious of my interpretation of events prior to this, and were not familiar with the creatures called skulks. However... The fact that the children have noted that this gray man that visits them has their mother's face means that their mother is the one who summoned it. The fact that it is still here and not actively harming anyone is what I don't understand. But based on what the children have experienced, there are two entities present in this house. Uh, One, a spirit of some type. Uh, I didn't gather enough information from the children. And secondly, a skulk. And the nature of their mother's disappearance is um, 
You could say extremely suspicious. Is dead. Finny's kind of just like freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> so Mademal has been been standing here, sipping that scotch. She has her fingers on her temples, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she says, "What would the two of you have me do? Do, do you do you not? Sorry, madam, mm-hmm. but." Do you not know how to actually get rid of ghosts? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Finnegan. Um, Yes? If what you are saying is true, then we're already on the right course of action. Are you sure? The only one here whose word has any weight is yours, Madam L, and quite honestly, I don't believe you to be the type of person to put yourself in a situation where you are accusing another noble of murder. Of course. And it doesn't matter what Finney sees, what I see, what the children see, or what Duncan sees, because the law is always going to fall on Lord Vanderblum's side. Of that, you are right. That doesn't mean that doing nothing is an acceptable option, however. I never said we would do nothing. Then what do you suggest? I suggest playing it by ear, Mr. Soren. Ah. And you hear the door creak open slightly, and at the very top, a head pokes in, and of course it's Duncan, and he goes... Is there anything else you need before I take the children to get food? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't, uh, Soren doesn't even know what to do. I go, I run over to him, and I say, I have one question. Yes, small what? Have you ever seen anything weird or bad here? Well, sometimes in my bedroom mirror, I swear that Lavinia is standing in front of it and seems to be looking out of it, but other than that, sometimes the pepper isn't where it should be in the kitchen. (laughs) A travesty. Okay. Mr. Soren, is there anything that Duncan can get for you that might assuage your fears? Do we not have, like, a proper mirror? I'll ask. I uh, know it may sound like a strange request. However, the nature of reflective surfaces sometimes reveals more than just our faces. If you have any hand mirrors available or or anything small enough to hold, um, it would be greatly appreciated if you could supply them. I could get Lavinia's from her bedroom. It's... A small standing mirror that sits on a table, if you'd like that. I think it sounds perfect. I mean, if she's the dead one. I think that is a splendid idea, if it is permissible, by Lord Tybalt. Of course, anything to help with the seance. If you'll excuse me. And he slinks his head back through the door. That's not the word I want to use. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Uh He slurped. He slurped. quietly shuts it, and uh, yeah. You hear a couple large steps on the staircase, and you guys are left by your lonesome again. I think Finny looks at Soren and says, Hey, I think 
We have to trust Madame L because she's done this. You've done this, right, Madame? Like, you've done this. Of course I have, Finnegan. I've done it plenty of times. So, well then, and she's not dead, right? Like, so there we go, right? Right? I don't find that particularly reassuring, but considering this is the situation we find ourselves in, I don't know what other choice I have. That's the spirit, Mr. Soren. Uh, and shortly thereafter, the door opens once again, and Tybalt walks in carrying a small, ornate vanity mirror. It's one of those ones, you know, what got the stand. You can flip it, and then there's a magnified side, and then the normal side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, Duncan said that you required some sort of mirror, and you hear the door, what sounds like the front door, shut right after he enters the room. Yes, that's right. Fantastic. Should I set it upon the table? Or? Yes, that would be excellent. Yes, of course. And he sits at one of the four chairs. Let's uh, get this going, huh? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to touch him. <laughs> Who said you have to touch him? <laughs> I don't know. I thought we were going to have to hold hands. And I was like, don't you make me touch this filthy bastard. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sit across from Lord Vanderplume, and the two of you mm -hmm. are between us. Tybalt stretches out his arms and goes, I assume we join hands or something of the sort. I've, I've watched from the, the outskirts of a seance before, but uh, never personally been in one myself. Quite exciting, actually. <laughs> it is quite exciting, my lord. Uh, before we join hands, I must caution you, I suppose. With the disappearance of your wife, Lavinia, there is a chance that we may contact her if she has moved on from this plane. I had hopes that she was simply missing, but I fear that perhaps I was naive Insight um, check. Insight check. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing one Insight too. check. I'm holding this fucker's hand and I'm doing an insight check. Uh, that's a 14 for me. Mm-hmm. I only got a seven. I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Why the, um, hold on, let me do it too. Might as well. Oh, I got a one. Oh, no! <laughs> what a nice man. Uh, Soren, <laughs> you see that he is sweating a little bit, but maybe it's me nervousness. Maybe it's because it's quite warm in the room because the fireplace is, you know, sort of roaring and it's not exactly a cold night out. Like it's probably about like 70 degrees out. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's a lizard. <laughs> he's a lizard. Yes. <laughs> I've solved your puzzle. You've caught it. He's some sort of lizard folk in a halfling suit. <laughs> oh, um, no. Okay. Well, Madame L will go ahead and light the candles on the table around her crystal mm -hmm. ball. All right, well, everything is in order. Let us join hands. And he stretches out his hands and goes, uh, you would, of course, know better than me, Madam Elf, but should Master Soren perhaps remove his gloves for better contact? I don't know that I've ever seen anyone wearing gloves during a seance before, but I suppose I've never particularly paid attention to that detail. <laughs> uh, my, uh, my lord, um... Unfortunately, I was afflicted as a child, and as a result, uh, my hands are... Um, it should be of little matter anyway. We are dealing with the spiritual, not the physical. I don't think a ghost will have a preference for gloves. 
Ah, true. Oh, that's freaky ghosts, though. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all holding hands now. And I mm -hmm. hate it. And Madame Al says, Whereas the sorcerers of Helvetir and the necromancers of this world subjugate spirits and raise soulless abominations, we will be tapping into the endless spiral in a respectful way. As such, goodwill and faith in our endeavor is paramount. I would ask that you close your eyes, breathe in. And you see that Tybalt closes his eyes and breathes in. And breathe out. Release the negativity and the worries that you have experienced on a daily basis. And he sort of lets out a shuddering breath. <laughs> we mustn't let our worries interfere with our contacting of the spiritual realm. Now, as we proceed, I must insist that we hold each other's hands and do not let go, for we are about to lift the veil between this world and the endless spiral. And as we breathe in, and again we breathe out, releasing our negativity, we will envision within our mind's eye a veil. It is luminous and transparent, and this veil begins to lift. It lifts above our heads, it lifts above our vision and our spirits, and allows us to see that which we could not previously see. You all notice that the temperature is dropping, Oh, great. Mm. And this normally doesn't happen with your seances, Madame L. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think Finny starts squeezing Madame L's hand tighter. I must remind you now to keep your eyes shut. I never shut my eyes. Here's the thing. If everyone else's eyes are shut, you can keep yours open. Uh-huh. That's the secret. That's what I used to do back in church. <laughs> Me too. Yep. Oh, my See, God. <laughs> ah, yes. Just little heathen things. Continue. <laughs> I must remind you all to keep your eyes shut as we continue to delve into the realm of spirits. I beseech you spirits who dwell here. We come before you now to hear your grievances. If you possess the power to do so, please make your presence known. Use our collective energy to channel your intent into the environment or perhaps even into me. And no. you hear a thump under the table, and then another thump, and then who all has their eyes closed? Because Tybalt does, Soren does not. Does Madame L, or does she just tell people um, to? Um, she, uh, at this point, with the thumping, uh, she hasn't mm -hmm. cast anything that no, would... No, she's not done it. Uh, <laughs> so I think she would have one of her eyes mm -hmm. kind of... Peeking, I'm looking and I, I'm I looking think, at you like um. I think Finny the whole time had his eyes like like very slightly open. You know, like when children are pretending to be asleep. Right, right, right. Like that's what he was doing the whole time. So you see a log slowly floating up from the wood pile by the fireplace, and it's just sort of gently ascending, <laughs> and then it. Rockets right behind your head, Madame L, and slams into the door. And whenever it whacks into the door, you see Tybalt just sort of like squints his eyes a little harder, and he goes, "Um, Madame L, is that routine for this sort of seance?" And uh, 
Soren, you see that there's like a wiggly sacrificial daggers on a stand on the mm-hmm. bookshelf, just sort of float upward slowly, and it's just sort of wobbling back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then it rapidly spins and thunks directly in front of Tibble into the table. Mm-hmm. And the mirror starts spinning end over end, and you hear in the distance somewhere a crack of thunder. Um, Madam, Madam L? So, not addressing Lord Tibble, she would say, Spirits who have come here before us today, we will now open our eyes, we will now open our souls to receive your messages. Please air your grievances to us. Let us know what can be done to calm your spirits as we open our minds and hearts and eyes and look upon the signs that you present us. And Tybalt goes, um, Madam L, should, should the bullet head be moving? And you see that it's just sort of thrashing back and forth. <laughs> and then it goes, You'll never get rid of me, Tybalt! Never! You and these fools will all die in this house! Oh and my god. you hear another boom crack of thunder and water just rain pelting against the windows and Tybalt drops under the table. <laughs> he lets go and dives under the table. I guess that's the circle is broken. Um, excuse me. I guess I'm addressing the bullet head. <laughs> and it just keeps thrashing and... <laughs> um, With a little more gravitas, if you would, Mr. Soren. <clears throat> of course, Madam L. Oh, a great spirit. Um, I'm Soren. Tell us <laughs> your name, please. And it just sort of keeps making weird mouth noises and somehow bends properly to start chewing on its own mounting board. Mm-hmm. But other than that, does not seem to be paying you any mind. Hey! What the hell are you? Finny, language! And it whips away from chewing on its mounting board <laughs> and looks at you, Finny. You know how when something clearly becomes claymation, it looks a lot different like in uh, film or what have you? Uh-huh. And then it goes back to being a prop, and there's a clear difference between the two? Mm. Yeah, the head does that. Oh, Lord. And goes back to just being a mounted head. Oh, God. It seems like things have settled for now. Okay. I think Madam Al at this point would say, Lord Vanderplume, I believe the imminent danger has passed. Would you please return to your seat? And you hear, uh, uh, yes, of, of course. And you just sort of hear some rustling, and then he climbs back into his seat, and he is freaked out. Like, his <laughs> eyes are bugging. He's They're darting back and forth. He's trembling a little bit, and... The amount he was sweating earlier was just, like, just a little bit. Kind of hard to pick up. It's... He's pouring sweat now. Is is the ghost gone? Is that it? Oh, no, my lord. It is not gone. And he goes, well, perhaps you three could investigate and I'll just stay here with the bottle of scotch? 
Can you tell me, is there anything that you haven't told us? Yeah. Um. Anything you haven't told us? Um, I, for one, I do not enjoy the accusatory tone, and two, I, I don't think so. Fires mm. in the study, uh, kids being scared, um, Duncan seeing things. No, no, I, I think that covers it all. Well, it is my professional opinion that we reestablish contact and raise the veil once more. We missed an opportunity when the circle was broken. Um, what if perhaps the mirror is the link? I've never seen that sort of aggression since things have started occurring. What if you took it, uh, I, I don't know, outside this room, away from me, and tried? Wow, you're really a wimp, aren't you, dude? I'm sorry. Where exactly do you find your help, Madam L? Oh, right. The streets. This is a different man than the man you met uh, 30 minutes ago. Mm. Clearly, something else is going on here. I think Madam L would put her hand on Finny to calm him down. Sorry, Madam. My lord, I would ask you that you steal yourself. I'm sure this is a difficult situation, especially if we are dealing with the departed spirit of your beloved wife. I, she can't be dead. She just can't be. And he goes over to the bottle of scotch and pops the top, and he does not bother with a cup this time. My lord, may I ask, what has you so sure? I've, well, well, she just, she just can't be dead. She can't be. And he looks at his writing desk and then back to you, just sort of like side eyes it for a second. Do I see him do that? Oh, yeah. Halfling eyes, very expressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lord Vanderplum, we're in Helveteer. We all know what happens. I'm Sorry? Master Soren, what would that be exactly? Contracts are given and contracts are signed. Arrangements are made. I assuredly do not know a thing that you were speaking about. My apologies, my lord. I think Mr. Soren is suggesting that perhaps there is some fine print that you may not have read. Is that a possibility? There's something that you may have overlooked that that has opened you up to this situation. Or that your dear wife may have overlooked. Give me a persuasion check. Oh, fuck. Let me help. Don't make me roll. Soren is giving the help action to Madame L, so you have advantage. I have a plus five to persuasion. Fuck so. yeah. Uh, that first one was a two, though, so we won't use that. Mm-hmm. And that was a one. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Look... Your job is to get rid of whatever specter or spirit or what have you is haunting my abode. What contracts I do and do not sign or write or fulfill are assuredly not any of your business. As I'm sure you would understand being a woman of some standing, Madame L. Yes, of course. Now then, I suggest that we... Raise the veil once more. And I strongly suggest you raise the veil without me in attendance. Mm. I'm afraid my 
poor heart couldn't stand another scare like that. So, if you will excuse me, I will be retiring to my bedroom with this fine bottle of scotch. And whatever you do, make sure the ghost is gone. Once the terms are fulfilled, as it were, please inform me, and then you may leave, and then one week from now, you get paid. Can I send Wallace with him secretly and tell Wallace that if he does anything suspicious to come back down here and let me know? Mm-hmm. You can send him off. Just consider it uh, having burned a spell slot to have fine familiar do things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. You can communicate telepathically with Wallace as long as he is within 100 feet of you, which is basically okay. anywhere in this house. So. Sweet. Cool. And you can see and hear what he hears by using your action to do so. The downside is, of course, your normal body is deaf and blind while doing so. Okay. Oh, wait, I just realized, were we, like, all scrunched up on halfling chairs? Yes. <laughs> this whole Why thing went down. They're, with... just, they're just right for me. Like, <laughs> with my knees up. It's way funnier <laughs> when everything's tiny. <laughs> Finny, like, pats his shoulder where mm-hmm. Wallace is hiding and is like, go, go follow him. He's, mm-hmm. he's up to something. Please come back. Come back and tell me if he's doing anything... Like, really weird or something. And he looks at you and goes, and scampers off. Hi, everyone. C here. And Bug. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to stay up to date on our release schedule, or maybe check out some character designs and music, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at All Necromancers. The biggest thing folks can do to support us right now is to share our podcast with their friends. And if you feel so inclined, rating and reviewing our show on Apple Podcasts goes a long way toward ensuring we're not lost in the algorithm. All of that said, we'll be back next week. See you then. See you then.